Open your Bible, please, to the book of Acts. We will uh, speak more on the Holy Ghost today. We'll speak more on the Holy Ghost. He's so wonderful, he's so valuable, and he's very misunderstood. Uh, we know he's part of the Godhead, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, but, but he's misunderstood sometimes, and so he's neglected sometimes, and so we need to emphasize him. And I think it's a good way to kick off this year is to emphasize the Holy Spirit in your life, because if you can't and if you don't, man, it'll just be a, a, a lukewarm, average type of a year for you, or less. And so let's talk about his name, Holy Ghost. Sometimes I'll say Holy Ghost, sometimes Holy Spirit, same person, okay? Uh, Holy uh, Ghost is how the old English people said it. Ghost meaning someone you can't see. Spirit is how we say it in, in our New King James Bible is Holy Spirit. So spirit and ghost, same thing. Some of us, ghost, I don't, I don't know if I believe in a ghost. Well, we believe in a ghost. But he's a good ghost and he's a Holy Ghost. And it, it actually sounds better, right? Holy Ghost sounds better than Holy Spirit. Uh, but for the sake of some of the newer folks, uh, Holy Spirit. And if you're from out of this country, it's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you'll get it. Uh, but really, we could say this, he is God. He's a person. He's not an apparition. He's not something, you know, just a mist. Uh, he's not a dove. Uh, it's not an it. He's a he. He's the person of God. God the Father sits on the throne in heaven. God the Son sits on his right hand in heaven. And the Holy Spirit sits in you. The Holy Spirit is here. God is here in the person of the Spirit. And he lives in you. And that was his promise. He said, I will walk in you and dwell in you and I'll be your God. So you don't have to look around for God. You can know that he created things, but he ain't in the mountains unless you're there. God's in you. And many times I've, I've led people to the Lord and I'll say, now listen, I want you to take your finger and say, God lives inside me. You just point right at because he is in you. And that is a blessing. I mean, is it a blessing? Is that a, could that possibly be a big deal? That the almighty creator of the universe lives inside you? I think that's pretty great. That greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So you need to have faith in this and you need to let it change your day. So just say it like this. Look down on the inside of you and say, God is in me. Man, that's life changing right there. Now, from that truth, from that reality that I'm in union with him, there's lots of power. There's lots of supernatural stuff that comes from this, but I have to know what it is for it to take root, for it to happen in my life. I've got to know what this means. And so the Holy Spirit is valuable to the point that it's the reason Jesus died on the cross so that he could pay for sin so that the Holy Spirit could come back and live inside people. It was so that God could get back to us. 
He lost us in the Garden of Eden. The Holy, the Jesus' blood was so that the Holy Spirit could come back and live in us. And eventually you go to heaven, but right now it's all so that you could have a relationship with the Holy One and have some love in your life. So you can't be looking for love in all the wrong places. You can't be looking for love out there. You got to look down in here and find love. All of your joy, you, you can't be looking out there for joy. It will disappoint you. You got to look down in here and say, whoa. So I'm, I'm here to help you uh, have a relationship with him to, to um, partake of this love and joy and this thing that the Holy Spirit gives you. All right. Some of you have experienced it, but I don't want you to forget it. So I'm here to remind you that he's there. Amen. Amen. Jesus thought it very, very necessary for this Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, if you have received Jesus Christ, raise your hand if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Okay. If you have received Jesus Christ, and if you haven't, you can, you can do that today. We want you to do it today. God wants you to do it today. You're here. You might as well do it today. Receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Once you do that, immediately, God awakens your spirit. You come alive on the inside. And the Holy Spirit comes in. And he seals you. And he stamps you. Stamp mine. Stamp mine. Stamp mine. Stamp mine. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And he puts a deposit of himself inside you. He's in there. And he wants to come up upon you. He wants to come up and live a life on the outside with you. He wants to come up and clothe you with some power. He wants to come, and that's why we say, Holy Spirit, come upon. Come up and on. Has the Holy Spirit come upon you? Well, if you're saved, he's in you. But has he come upon you? Well, I don't know. Well, if he has, you would know. So I want, to, I want you to see how the Lord talks about it in the scriptures so that you can be sure he's come upon you and understand what that means. It's worthless if you don't know what it means. If, if, if it's happened and you don't know what to do with it, well, you, you let it slip. So I'm here to help you pick it back up, make sure you know the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost because Jesus thought it good for you. Acts chapter one, verse four. Be assembled together with them, Jesus. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So there's a baptism in water. You should all do it. Jesus said to do it because he did it. You're supposed to get baptized in water. But he says, John did it in water, but you'll be baptized or dunked in the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to baptize some people in water. It's cold out, but the water's warm. <laughs> Something's going to happen to you when you get baptized in water today. Something's going to happen to you. You'll, you'll get delivered sometimes from sin. You might, some will get delivered from sin. Some will get healed. Some have come up out of the water speaking in tongues. Some have had a whole new outlook on life. For some, that is the moment of your dedication to God that changes your future forever. Let that happen to you today. But for all of you who get dunked in water, you'll never forget it. And that's one of the reasons why he said to do it. You'll never forget that you committed your life to Jesus. 
It's a moment in your soul. Your spirit's saved already if you've confessed Christ. But when you get dunked in water, your soul remembers it. It does something in your soul. Now, some people get dunked in water thinking, okay, well, this solves it. Now I've done my religious duty. I got some points. I think I've done what they said to do. Now I can just go live my life. Uh, Don't do that. Matter of fact, if you're going to get dunked in water, you need a church family to grow with. So really it's getting baptized. It's the profession that I'm getting baptized into the body of Christ. So you need a body to be with. You can't just, just get dunked and just run off, go live your life by yourself. That's not what it's for. It's like a permission slip to follow Jesus very closely. And if you're following Jesus very closely, you'll end up being with a whole bunch of people that are doing the same. If you think you're following Jesus closely and there are no Christians around you every week, you ain't following. Hate to bring the Bible into it and all that, but hate to tell you the truth and all that, but I can't let the devil keep deceiving people. It's like, why is he always going to make such a big, you know, big deal about church and all that? Well, because it's a big deal. Because I don't want you to get to heaven and say, oh, I didn't know. I, I thought I could know in the, in, in the Lord, Jesus Christ. He'll say, Pastor Chaz told you this over and over and over. <laughs> All right, so you're supposed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is the first time. Uh, He said not many days from now, verse 8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you'll be witnesses to me. Uh, So there's power coming when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So let me just run through some things that happen with the Holy Ghost. Some reasons why you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some benefits of the Holy Ghost for your life. And you can apply them to your life. You need to today so that you can start off this year proper. These are some goals, actually, for this year. Well, what, what, what's, what's the goal for the year? Get closer to the Holy Ghost. Right. Do what the Bible's been telling you to do all these years. Do it now. So let me go through some scriptures so that you'll uh, have some confidence, know why you believe what you believe, know what the purpose of the Holy Ghost is, how he's trying to work and live with you. It'll be, it'll be thrilling. So I'm, I'm thrilled about it. You, you'll be thrilled about it. Just give it a moment. Chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, after they obeyed what Jesus told them, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. So when you get filled, you'll speak with tongues. So though you have a deposit at salvation of the Holy Spirit, you're not necessarily filled to overflowing. Because right. if you're filled to overflowing, it's going to f- overflow. And then part of that overflowing, we can say the first part of that overflowing is you speak in unknown language. Now in this account, they all spoke in languages other people understood. And that happens sometimes. That's one of the uses of tongues that when it comes out, it comes out in a language somebody in the room understands. Other times it comes out as language of angels. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. Remember that scripture? So there's a heavenly tongue that no one knows, but there's earthly tongues we all know. Tongues could come out either way. That's one of the uses of tongues. The other use of tongues is in church when uh, there's a message given in tongues that's different than 
The third use, which is people praying. People praying in tongues is necessary for all. But people giving a message in tongues needs an interpretation in the service. So you can tell a difference. If you'll, if you'll just tune in a bit, you can tell a difference. There's a message in tongues, so don't, don't start clapping yet. Let's hear the interpretation of that. So the first use of tongues is that it's spoken in a known language. I've heard some people speak in known languages. Language like even French. I remember a lady I used to pray with, she spoke in French. Her language in prayer was French. And I could pick up on some words in French. And she didn't know a lick of French. Occasionally, she'd have people try to tell her, you know what you were just praying? She goes, don't tell me, don't tell me. She didn't want to mess up the purity of her prayer language. So she wasn't like trying to learn French and speak in prayer. It was coming from the Spirit in French. And I remember one, th- one thing she used to do, is she, she, we'd be in prayer and she'd be saying, merci, 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 merci. And she'd had a bunch of words to go with it, but merci, merci. And... Um, I asked one of the people, oh no, I asked her, I said, do you know what, when you're saying that word, do you know what you're saying? She goes, no. She said, I guess mercy. But if you know French, merci is thank you. She she was just thanking God, thanking God. She she didn't know. She kind of guessed, but she didn't know. She was wrong. And so that's one of the uses, excuse me, that's prayer in tongues when, when nobody knows. But The other use of tongues is for a message of the gospel that other people in a language can hear. And so, uh, and then the third use of tongues is your personal prayer language that we want everyone to have, that Jesus expects everyone to have. So just know that because there's been some confusion about it. Uh, But let's keep reading here. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives the utterance in tongues. And some people hear this and it's like, I don't think I need it. I don't don't think I need that. I don't think I need that. Let me just have something. Can I read the next page? Well, I I understand. I understand. But but the Lord Jesus is, he's got a a plan for you. And then Peter, after, after a lot, you can read this for yourself later, but, but Peter, after people had questioned, like, what's going on? What are these people? They don't speak this language. What are they doing? What, these, they look a little silly out there. Peter stands up and begins to explain it. He begins to preach the gospel. He says, standing up with the, set, the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let, these, let this be made known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose, uh, seeing it's only the third hour of the day. Uh, basically saying, these aren't just silly Pentecostals. These aren't just silly, those wacky, charismatic Pentecostal faith people. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Stop there. So this was a prediction from Joel the prophet back in the Old Testament that God's going to pour out his spirit on people, on all people, not just special prophets and special priests and special kings, but all of us. We are living proof, and it's glorious, and it's the plan of God, and it glorifies God. Hallelujah. 
Go to the book of Acts chapter 19. This is how the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, and power and tongues is talked about after that initial experience. So here's Paul preaching the gospel just like all of us do. He's traveling around the known world at the time, spreading the good news that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and you can be saved, you can be filled, you can be delivered, you can be healed, all these wonderful promises. New covenant has come. He's preaching the gospel. And here's what he did, verse nine, uh, chapter 19, verse 1. And, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. He said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Got dunked in water again. Verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Wow. Stop there. The scenario is Paul found some people that were serving God. And then he wanted to help them understand the truth further. So wherever you were raised and however your tradition was at the church you came from and your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandma and your uncle and all your cousins, all that was special, great. But now, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost since you believe? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? And now in this term, he's not talking about you getting the deposit of the Holy Spirit because some people say, well, I received the Holy Spirit when I got born again. Well, you got a stamp and a seal and a deposit of him, but he's talking about something different. Have you received? So even though, yes, you could say I received the spirit to a degree, receiving the Holy Spirit, the Bible way is the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he comes up on me and something happens supernatural. All right. So the scenario is he found some disciples. They had only heard John the Baptist. So they, they repented. Then he preached Christ to them. They believed in Christ. And then he dunked them in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone should get dunked in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And then he laid hands on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So that is one of the ways that this can happen, uh, that people lay hands and then the Holy Spirit comes upon and we speak in tongues and prophesy. I don't know. Why? Why? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> the New Testament is full of instruction that you must have. We are not just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, just, you know, nit nitpicking and, or picking and choosing little stuff to say we've done and do and, 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 and rejoice about. No, you got to understand. If you don't understand some stuff, you're going to miss out. The New Testament is full of instruction for us, Amen. especially about spiritual matters. So you're going to have to just kind of turn off your uh, skepticism for just a moment. We're going into the supernatural. If you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're going to go through this door of the supernatural. Amen. Tongues is really the door into the supernatural. Right. Holy Spirit and power and tongues is the door into the real supernatural. 
Not the flaky supernatural. It's not a permission slip for you to be flaky. Did y'all see what I saw? They were... It's like... Let me get the video out. We'll see what, what was in there. No, let's go scriptural. Let's get scriptural. You don't see the, the writers of the Bible saying, I, and I was in the spirit and I saw these wonderful floating... No, I think you were watching a movie. A sci-fi, I think you were watching it. Too many sci-fi flicks have kind of messed people up. <clears throat> Turn with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> this is uh, when Peter was sent to the first Gentile family to preach the gospel to them. And as he preached the gospel, they believed so strongly, they started speaking in tongues. And, and then they got dunked in water after that. And so there's not really, a, like I said last time, there's not really a, a set pattern that you have to follow, but you do need it all. But let's get down to the end. I want you to see this. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, the Jews, who believed were astonished because as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the non-Jews also. How did they know the Holy Spirit's been poured out? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then he commanded them to get baptized in water. Notice this terminology. that The Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. So when he's poured out on you, You'll speak with tongues and magnify God. So I want you to see verse 46. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Listen, you need the Holy Ghost so you can magnify God. You need the Holy Ghost so that you can praise the Lord. You need the Holy Spirit so you can speak in tongues and prophesy and magnify God. Remember the first time you came to Houston Faith Church? And you're like, a little loud in here. What's all these people doing in here? Or whatever first Pentecostal faith church, spirit-filled church you went to, it's like, whoa, whoa. And then they, go, oh, they got their hands up and stuff. It's like, oh my gosh. I thought we only did this at rock concerts. You know, the devil will mimic all things related to the kingdom. So, you know, at rock concerts, they all got their hands up. You're like, that's the weirdest tradition I've ever heard of. To lift your hands to a rock band, that's weird. But to lift your hands in church should not be weird because we're lifting them to God. But the first time you came in, you saw hands lifted and all these people getting all excited and kind of, you know, moving, uh, you know, a little bit faster and more than the normal. You're like, oh my God. And then you thought, well, maybe I'll try to lift my hands. And then the first time you probably got your hands up, listen, most people like it. First time your hands actually came up, you felt very exposed, didn't you? It's like, I hope nobody's looking at me. This feels so, this feels so open. It's holy. The Bible says, lift up holy hands. It's holy. 
But the first time, it's like, people are... Well, it's because they got the Holy Ghost. You don't see many non-spirit-filled people lifting their hands up. And it's not because we're better. It's not because, oh, yeah, we've been trained better. No, no, no. It's because we got the Holy Ghost. (laughs) It's because we got dumped in the Holy Spirit, and he helps us magnify God. So without the Holy Ghost baptism, oh, it's going to be tough to praise the Lord. We're called to praise him, thank him, and at all times, all the, you're supposed to be thanking and praising and praising and thanking and worshiping and magnifying God all the time. Let his praise be continually in my, in my mouth. All, the, all year, all year you need to be praising God all year. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And that's why in church, sometimes it's very spontaneous in church. We're praising God. Other times we, we tell you to praise God. And I, I say out loud, praise God out loud. I'm trying to help you practice. I'm trying to coach you. I'm trying to show you uh, so that you can get comfortable, but you will never be comfortable without the Holy Ghost. If I can't get you baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking with tongues, it'll be very difficult to magnify God and praise the Lord. And I'll add this. If you're not staying close to the Holy Spirit and praying in the Holy Spirit in your daily life, by yourself, your business only, you will find that it's very difficult to praise God. You'll find you go months and months without really praising the Lord, spending 30 seconds. Glory to God. Father, thanks. Glory to you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you. Or something. Especially when trials and tribulations come. You're you're commanded to count it all joy. It's going to be difficult without the Holy Ghost. Without, Without a closeness to the power of the Holy Ghost, the person of God, Man, you're just gonna you're gonna find that life is difficult, it's stale, it's disappointing, but you can praise yourself right to the top of the mountain if you know how to do it by faith. Only the Holy Spirit can help you do it. He's your helper. He'll help you praise the Lord. He'll help you get through the tough stuff if you can just spend just 60 seconds. Okay, here we go. You don't want to, your your flesh hates it. The flesh hates everything spiritual, so you force your mouth and your heart to start doing something. Glory to God. God, I just want to thank you and praise you for how wonderful you are. You're so good to me. Your flesh is saying he's not good to you. Nothing good has happened this whole week. Praise the Lord. You're so good to me. You're so good to me in spite of all the ridiculous stuff that's happened in my life. Glory to God. And you'll find that you will praise yourself out of the valley. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. The Holy Spirit will help you magnify God. Hallelujah. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. See a couple more benefits here. Philippians 1, verse 27, says this, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or in absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, Well, you can only stand fast in one spirit because we're all connected to the Holy Spirit. With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by the devil or your adversaries, which is to them a a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation. Praise the Lord. 
Look at chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if it's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Verse 21, chapter 2, verse 21, for all seek their own, not the things that are of Christ Jesus. I want you to see this, that the Holy Spirit is the only one that can help you uh, treat others and think of others more highly than yourself. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll be too selfish. Even though you may be saved, if you're not striving together with one spirit close to the Holy Ghost, you'll live a selfish life. But if you'll pray in tongues a lot, man, you'll start wanting to give and serve and be with people and love people and bless people. And so if you find that when you, you know, in life or your work or church, if you feel like this, you hadn't prayed in the Holy Ghost. You have not prayed in tongues much. You're, you're inward focused, you're, you're caring way too much about self and not enough about people. It's all about you. Uh, the Holy Spirit will help you break out of that if you'll give some time to him. Turn to uh, the book of Jude. Uh, no, let's read Philippians 3. No, I don't want to. Uh, Jude 20, Jude 20, Jude 20. <clears throat> Jude 20. Jude 20. I wasn't saying no to God, so please. I was saying no to my notes. Because I felt like God would say, let's not do that now. Let's just move on. Just in case. No, I'm not going to read that in God. Verse 20, Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Remember that keep yourselves in the love of God part because we'll get to that later. Keep yourselves in the love of God is is part of praying in the Holy Spirit. But notice it says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay, building yourselves up means what? It means you're building yourselves up. Praying in the Holy Spirit. And we're not just talking about praying with the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about praying in tongues. Paul proved it in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with my understanding. So understanding is in your own language. Praying with the Spirit is in another tongue. So he distinguished it. So when it says praying with the Spirit or in the Spirit, it's talking about praying in tongues. So build up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And this is where, listen, I can't do this for you, and I can't go to your house, and I can't put a video camera in your room. (laughs) But for your personal life, you're going to have to give some time to pray in the Spirit in order to build yourself up. So if you've spoken any syllables in tongues, some people speak one syllable, ten syllables. The goal is to have a whole prayer language, basically. But you better be praying that those 10 syllables in prayer, in tongues. Give, give 30 minutes a night. 
I'm going to pray in, in my language. 30 minutes, focus time. Focus, focus, focus. Praying in tongues, 30 minutes a day, an hour a day. Focus, focus, focus. I've got to pray in the Spirit to build myself up. I feel so weak. I feel so hurt. I feel so down. I feel so out. I feel so... In, things that are impossible... Build yourself up. I got to build myself up. Think about it. This is a scripture. It's from the Holy Ghost. It's from God. I got to build myself up. Build myself up. I got to pray in tongues and pray in tongues. I got to do this every night. Everything has to stop at night because I've got to do this or I won't be strong tomorrow. Or you can do it in the morning. I don't care when you do it, but you got to spend some focused time to build yourself up and build yourself up and build yourself up. You'll find that your mind works better. You'll find that your faith works better. You'll find that you're happier. You'll find that you understand God better. You'll find that you can grasp the message better. You'll find that your Bible reading comes alive. You'll find your whole life changes if you'll edify yourself and build yourself up and build yourself up. Amen. The word edify or build up is, is from the, it's a word that means like an edifice. It, like the front porch got to be strong. The, the thing that other things are built on has to be strong. You have to be strong. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Amen. To pray in tongues. Listen, to pray in tongues it's called your most holy faith. Your, the most holy thing, we can say this way, the most holy thing you can do is give yourself to the Holy Spirit so he can give you utterance and you can pray in tongues. It's the most holy thing you can do. People think holy water has something to do and doesn't have nothing to do with it. Doing your little circles or whatever you do, nothing to know. The most holy thing you can do, pray in the Holy Spirit. It's trust in something so foreign to your brain that God is the only one who can do it for you. It requires full total trust that God will be the one giving me the utterance. When your brain says, that's just you making that up. No, no, no. It's the most holy thing you can do by faith. It requires you to do it, but it's the Holy Spirit giving you the utterance. So don't let the devil talk you out of it. No, that's just you. They're doing it with the Spirit. Yours is just you. That's a lie. It's a lie. Use your faith. Use your holiest faith and say, no, it's not me. I would never do this. <laughs> I'm going to give myself to him. He just needs your tongue and he needs your, your voice. That's all he needs. And then he will give you the utterance. And your one syllable and four syllables can turn into more if you'll have faith. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. The scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, he that speaks or prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Edifies himself. Another scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, uh, he that speaks in an unknown tongue does, does not speak unto men, for no man understands, but how be it in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. When you pray in tongues, you're speaking the mysteries of God. If you don't pray in tongues, you don't get to know the mysteries. You don't get to go for the mystery. How many of you like mysteries? I don't know. Lazy people don't like mysteries. It's like, just tell me. Just tell me what that is. Just tell me. Just tell me. But your life has a lot of mystery to it. You don't know what's coming tomorrow. You need to speak those mysteries out. You don't know what next year holds. You got to speak the mysteries out. You don't know the decision. You got to speak the mystery out. There's all sorts of mysteries in the plan of God, the will of God for your life. If you're not praying in tongues, you're not getting there. 
And nothing's going to be clear, and, and, and it's going to delay everything for your future. So you got to speak in tongues. you got to pray in tongues so that you speak mysteries unto God. And then over time, as needed, he will give you the understanding. He'll give you the interpretation. He'll shine the light so that you can have the mystery revealed. But you got to pray it out in tongues before you get to understand it. Pray it out in tongues, trust in God to work it out, and then eventually your brain will catch it. Could be tonight, could be tomorrow, could be next year. But you got to pray it out in tongues or you don't even have a chance. This is an advantage you're supposed to have. Spirit-filled people have an advantage in this life. But most don't access it. Praise the Lord. That's why you got a whole church full of people that believe this and understand this so that we can remind you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This will, it'll help you. Uh, I remember at my first Spirit-filled church, I had, I had left my career, gone into the, to, to help in the ministry, and I was just a volunteer at the church. Then he asked me to come on and be, be hired, and, and I didn't know what my future held. I just knew I was taking it step at a time, step at a time, step at a time. And, uh, but I would have to pray in tongues all the time. I mean, I wanted to, and so I just prayed in tongues, and I'm praying out my life, and I'm excited about walking with God. Uh, but then I realized that I, I spent a lot of time walking at night praying in tongues. Almost every night, every other night, I'd be out in the neighborhood praying in tongues, just get away from the house. And, uh, you know, I figured the further I would walk praying, I'd have to walk back. That's double. I make myself double it. If you have a hard time praying because of distractions, find a way. And, uh, and, and I realized during this time that, you know what, I think, because I, I had no clue of this church. I had no clue that this is the end or, or this is part of the future. I had no idea this would be like this. Okay. But I, but I knew, I knew I got to pray out my future. I had no idea what was coming. I only had a sense that something was coming. I knew something was coming. I didn't know what was coming. And so after all these hours and months and years of praying in tongues, I realized I still don't know, but I I still don't know exactly what's happening or what I'm supposed to do exactly, but I know one thing. I have prayed it out. I have prayed out my future, and it's coming to pass. So you need to go through that so that you can have confidence that you're walking with God, and you have lined out your year, lined out your week, lined out your month, lined out your five years. You don't need a five-year plan. You're not smart enough. The business world says you got to have a five-year plan, 10-year plan. You got to know the future. You got to do all this. Yeah, good luck. And I say it that way because now they're saying, eh, that's not so important after all. You need to have some idea. You need to set a few benchmarks, maybe, but life has not lived that way. And with God, you need him before you'll ever know anything. So you got to have faith, not in your plan, have faith that he's got it planned. You just need to obey the next step and the next step. You get a a feel for where you're headed. Sure. But you, you, you don't be looking up. You you gotta, you gotta know your next step, know your next step. Well, I guess you do. You keep your eyes looking under Jesus. So Hallelujah. We do it before church, sir, before church, sir, before any meeting, and we teach our teachers to do the same thing. You got to pray it out in tongues before you get to this microphone. You got to pray it out so that it happens in the spirit because you don't, don't be trying to figure out how it's going to happen. You'll, you'll never make it. Don't, don't be just living off of an outline. Don't be living off of just a, 
uh, the, the plan, you, you got to pray it out. Get it in you, pray it out so that stuff happens for people in the service. You, I still don't even know what's happening to you. I just heard another story this weekend. Uh, during, the, during the church service, something wasn't even, wasn't even planned and, 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 it, and it changed their life, helped their life. Happens all the time. Doesn't have to be part of my plan because the Holy Spirit's already given me utterance to pray it all out for us. And it's not just me, it's your part. Of, we're all part of this process, but we have to have great faith that the Holy Spirit knows the end from the beginning and that he guides us into all truth and that he sets the vision and he brings it to pass if I've prayed it out with him. Because the reality is that God doesn't really do anything in the earth until somebody prays. Until somebody asks him, either in their known language or in the spirit. He needs earth people to desire and ask and believe and receive and expect him to do something before he will actually do it. That's the basis of faith, really. So you got to give yourself in tongues and God can use you. Amen. I already said tongue, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will tap you into the supernatural. Jesus worked no miracles on the earth until the Spirit came upon him. 30 years, good Jewish boy, knew the Bible backwards and forwards. But no miracles until the Spirit came upon him. You'll have no real miracles that you were part of with the power of God until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You need it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You need some scripture so that you can uh, answer all the arguments that people have. People say, well, I got all the Holy Spirit I need. It's like a glass of water example. When you're saved, you're like a glass with water. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like putting that water glass in a swimming pool. And now it's covered. Now it's filled. Now it's covered. There's no question. Amen. Hallelujah. Stephen said this. You don't want to be like this. Acts chapter 7. He was getting crucified. He was getting persecuted. He preached a message and they all stoned him and stuff. He said, you always resist. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart people, you always resist the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. He gets a lot of resistance from people. Even Christians are like, oh, I don't know about all that stuff. Well, read your Bible. Let's go to Bible study and then you'll be okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everybody's probably got some wonderful experiences of your baptism in the Spirit. And I was just thinking, I'd like to know some of them. So if you could type a short thing, send it to the office. I'd like to see some of your experiences in the Holy Spirit because it, it's different for everybody. Some people uh, get it without even asking. Some people start speaking in tongues without even wanting it. Didn't even know they needed it. Didn't even know what it was. I want to hear some of those. And then some people, uh, some people try and try and try, and it's so difficult they never receive the Spirit, it seems. And then they quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. I was one of those. It was hard for me to get it. I went after him. I knew it was, I believe the Bible so much. I'm saying, I'm getting it. It's for me. So don't talk yourself out of it. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Some people spoke a couple syllables. It's like, eh, I'm not good at this. Oh, come on. Pull up your pants and, and speak, in, speak in tongues and do it until it happens. It took me 10 months to get more than four syllables. 10 months. 10 months I prayed my four syllables faithfully. 
Now, in that 10 months, I already had, I had power. I was healing the sick and casting demons out, and man, glorious stuff was happening. But my prayer language was a little weak. And I remember I wanted to go to the prayer meeting. They had a prayer meeting at this church, the one I told you where the lady prayed in French. And, I, and so I knew the time of the prayer meeting. So I showed up at the church, time of the prayer meeting, and uh, the door was shut. I was, I was like one minute late, and the door was shut, and it said, please do not enter after prayer has begun. So, okay, no problem, no problem, no problem. I, I'm a respecter of time. Well, I was never late again, but you know. <laughs> so I sat at the door and prayed, and I could hear them in there praying. This is my first group to hear praying in tongues together. And I had been filled with the Spirit, so I had my four syllables. And I heard them praying in tongues, and they had all languages. They had all this I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I can't go in there with my four little words. <laughs> That's what I thought. I can't go in there with my... I want to be part of this prayer group. I can't, I can't be in there with these four little, four little words. I ain't going until I get my whole language. That was my thought. I ain't going until I get my whole language. Now, I'm not saying that was right. It's probably wrong. Probably should have just gone in. Probably could have got it. But go in there and be bold with your four syllables. I, I think you should go in there and be bold with your four syllables. But for me at the time, I know how it is. You know, you feel a little intimidated and all that kind of stuff. You know, these people know everything. I don't know anything. They don't know anything either. They're just following God, you know. So don't talk yourself out and get all natural about it. It's weird how human nature does it, but we're all human. And so, so that began, I, I was like, that's it, that's it. And within probably six weeks, there came a night before I headed to church, there came a night when I was fed up with my four syllables. I had prayed them hundreds of thousands of times. I'm talking probably a hundred hours or more praying in those four syllables, just over and over and over and over and over and over again. Why? Because it's holy. And I know, God, I know something's happening and I know I need to, so I'm using what I got. If you don't use what you got, you can't have more. If you're not faithful in the little, all these principles are real. So I, but I got fed up. Within about four to six weeks uh, before church one night, I'm like, that's it. And I remember I got my chair in my, in my office at the house and I closed my door and I sat down and said, that's it, I'm getting my whole language. And I sat down, when my butt hit the, the, the chair, my whole language came out. For about 30 seconds, I prayed in a whole language. That's all I needed. Put my chair up, went to church. 30 seconds, all it took me. Really one second, but 30 seconds proved it out. That's it, got it, glory to God. Now I can move along in my life. For me, the things of God have come that way. I've had to want them. I've had to desire them. I've had to recognize the, the value, the glory, the promise, and I've had, to, I've had to ask. I've had to really set myself to receive from God. It may be you the same way. I don't know. But all I know is I started going to prayer meeting confidently. Life-changing. Okay? Holy Spirit is life-changing. We all need the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized with the Spirit. You need the power of God. He'll help you get the demons off your back. The power is present. He's there. But you've got to let it come upon you. You've got to get serious about this. And then the words you speak against Satan, they'll work. 
when you say in the name of something will happen. In the name of Jesus, something will happen. You don't even have to, somebody was just telling me the story. I can't remember who that was at the moment. They said in the name of, and they, by the time they said the word J, the thing was gone. This is a life with the Holy Spirit. If you'll pray in the Spirit, get close to the Holy Spirit, you'll have a, a love that takes you over. The love of God, it'll keep you in the love of God. You're going to have to be filled with the Spirit instead of alcohol. Don't be drunk with Ephesians 5.18. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You'll be able to sing to the Lord even. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit will keep you in the fire of God. The fire of God that'll, that'll burn up the devils and burn up the problems and burn up the discouragements and burn up the disappointments and burn up the depression. If you're depressed, uh, you're going to have to pray in the Holy Spirit or I can't help you much. Even if I got the demon off of you, even if I helped you get freed from the demon of depression, to keep yourself free, you're going to have to get full of his word and full of his spirit. Come on, for this year, you're going to have to do some things with the Holy Spirit if you want a glorious Christian life. Focus on having a glorious Christian life, and you'll see that your outside life, your natural life, your job, relationships, all of that gets better. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things come. The problem is we're focused on the other things, and they never come out right, so we're never satisfied enough to then, okay, okay, now it's all perfect. Let me go, per, let me go to church. Now it's all perfect. Now I can put some time toward God. It never works that way. Come on, just be smart. Follow some people that have done it. You have examples in your life. Find the best Christian you know and do what they did. Or just follow Jesus. Find out what he did and follow him. Or Paul the Apostle. Follow the, follow the Apollo the Apostle. Praise the Lord. Is everybody happy? Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.